Episode three of the Uninformed. Uh, my name is Chase. Sitting to my left is J Ray. Episode three. <laughs> and across from J Ray is the microphone murderer. R.I.P. B.I.G. Has to check out that track. I, for everyone's uh, point of reference, he said that he thought of this new nickname again, and we thought it was going to be much more clever than than what that was. So microphone checker or microphone murderer, which one do you prefer? And he's not even coming up with them. He's just plagiarizing yeah. Wu-Tang Clan and Notorious Big in the wasn't, last two okay. podcasts. It Ridiculous. It wasn't Wu-Tang Clan. It was I know. Nodes I said in, in the, the Wu-Tang fir- Clan network, number <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, and number two, um, this is uh, me, me paying my respects to the Notorious B.I.G., Probably are the you best do, rapper ever. Are you going to do it The microphone the murderer, okay. we could call we, him. We can <laughs> save that for another podcast because <laughs> are you gonna, disputed. Are you going to do any West Coast rappers at any time? Never. I mean, I like West Coast rappers. They're all right. I'm West Coast for life <laughs> on that. Silly. Silly. You need to watch that uh, the Netflix documentary on the Notorious B.I.G. It's actually really good. I'll think about it. Do it. It's good. It's worth it. It's not your typical, it's not like the, they don't like just talk about his death. They actually talk about like his life. So it's actually decent. And when you see him freestyling on the street, you'll know why he's the microphone murderer. <laughs> when, uh, Bam. Strange thing I found out is uh, him and like Buster Rhymes and all of them went to the same high school. There's like three of those famous rappers that all went to the same high school at the same time together. It's kind of strange. And you know what? They all Thanks, were Buster Rhymes. Academics. Uh, and unfortunately, this podcast is not about uh, East Coast rappers and what high school they went to. Um, this is episode three, and we are doing climate change. Uh, for those that have been around since the beginning, thank you uh, specifically Johnny and Oi, because I think those are the only two that were around in the beginning. Not even our family. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, we were too ashamed. That's too ashamed true. to share. That's true. Right. Uh, this was the actual first uh, episode topic that we had um, way back when. Uh we set out to learn about climate change uh, because we only knew what we kind of were told. Uh, I think all of us, you guys can agree or disagree, had a pretty good idea that this thing was real, but we weren't really sure what that meant. And so we set out to learn more about it, and we found out that it was way more complex and complicated than uh, than we ever thought. Than uh, what they show in Day After Tomorrow with Dennis Quaid. <laughs> yes. it, it's about as complicated as Biggie's lyrics. almost almost as complicated as biggie's lyrics and so what we thought we'd do so this is gonna be our first two-part episode uh so we're gonna we're we're recording this one now and then uh, we'll have episode two of climate change coming out after that um our goal for today is to really um break down what actually is climate change because all we have as a frame of reference is the the crazy ideas uh, about what we need to do and how quickly we need to do it. So the Green New Deal, as an example, right? And then the other side of the spectrum is we only know that people hate the Green New Deal, right? And so no, we don't really know why these, why this is important, what science says. We are incredibly uninformed about this topic. And so uh, thankfully Mike did a – Nice plug, sh- Chase. This how I see how I did that. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Thank you. You're a microphone uh, murderer. <laughs> appreciate that. Um, and so uh, we want to do uh, a couple of things today in episode one. Uh, we are going to uh, try and, and, and explain and understand the science of climate change, including what the basics of weather versus climate, the greenhouse gases, our role as human beings in the changing climate, particularly as it relates to carbon emissions, and then sort of the... Uh, the delicate matter of why why we can't just change abruptly um, and, and change how we do things. Kind of like thinking about it as we can't go too fast um, because there's cost, but we also definitely don't want to go too slow. And then finding a sweet spot is obviously hard, but something we should really put a lot of time into thinking into. We need to make climate change a chef's kiss of a transition. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Terror. You're not a microphone. Writer. No, no, no. I have another cup of I coffee. Kill, I killed that joke. First degree. Because you know, and and I think you'll appreciate this in particular, Mike. Because at the core of like why we have this problem in climate change, why we have this problem with carbon emissions, is because carbon emissions are at the core of how we've made progress as a civilization, right? And so uh, we're not just moving and eliminating uh, 
carbon, we're eliminating the source of our progress in the States, but also the progress that, uh, less evolved. That's not the right word. Not evolved. Less, uh, like pre-industrial. You know yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. you know, uh, those third world countries or second world countries oh, okay, of those okay. things. Uh, I don't know if that's the right phrase for that. That are trying to get themselves closer to our level. Yeah, there's definitely a, a strong, uh, I would say causation, but definitely a strong correlation between um, human flourishing and f- feeding the billions of people on Earth um, and warming houses and all these kinds of things and, and fossil fuels. Um, so th- that those two being coupled together means that finding solutions for um, a crisis that's largely caused by <laughs> the byproduct of burning fossil fuels is like extremely, it just means it's extremely complex. And so because it's complex, we want to provide information that allows you to think for yourself. So we are going to present today almost all facts about what climate change is and less of our opinions about those things. Because we thought it was important as you're formulating and as we formulated what what we think should happen next or what we support happening next, uh, it made sense to have the facts first. So that's what we're going to do in this episode. Episode two, we'll talk more about solutions and and politics and and kind of our own opinions about the whole thing. Um, But uh, first, facts. All right, microphone murderer, where are we starting? Um, a long, long time ago in Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn, <laughs> a man named Christopher Wallace was, oh, you're talking about climate change. Yeah, climate, I oh, prefer climate talking change. about Biggie, okay. Although Biggie probably did, had a lot of methane come out of him in his short lifetime. Yes, there was probably a significant amount of greenhouse gases. What do you gases. think the, like, his Gas. favorite food was? Top food for him. Like, is there, like, a New York dish that I'm not thinking of that's, like... I mean, I'm sure he loves New York pizza. Who doesn't? Well, Chicago, Chicago. Oh, no, but it is again. That's another podcast <laughs> yeah. topic. For he, later. Hasn't, he hasn't had a Diavolo. <laughs> All I'm saying is that the comparison between like a New York style pizza would be thin crust here. A New York style pizza whips thin crust ass. Now, if you want to talk about the pie of, of mozzarella cheese and sauce that you have that you call deep dish, there is no comparison in New York. So I guess you win because there's no competitor. But if we're comparing somewhat comparable pizza types, definitely thin crust in New York would be the comparison between Chicago and New York and your thin crust. This sucks. It sucks. Those what, squares? It's, it's gross. And your hands get all greasy. It's disgusting. Oh, yeah, because you know, folding a slice of pizza is just the, the it, perfect it way is. to do it. It legitimately is. You obviously haven't Make experienced Make a calzone, this. man. <laughs> Just make a calzone. I, I love calzones too. <laughs> and so did, and so did, and so did Biggie Smalls. Now on to climate change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when we were thinking about climate change, I, I think one of the things that um, that makes it hard to talk about is it's just so involved with like political tribes now, right? So like when you talk to the right, they roll their eyes because there's so many people that virtue signal about how awesome of a person they are because. They because believe they believe in, in it, yeah. they just believe so hard, and then there's people on the left that when they hear climate change, they 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 get mad that there's people on the right that just outright deny it. Um, and then what happens in the middle is that the conversation is never really there. It's just like believe the science, and then you know the you know we we don't we don't you know we hate you, so we don't want to believe the science, and so that's really the conversation that's going on, and that's not really the conversation that we want to have. Um, <laughs> so. I just kind of wanted to talk about this, the parts of the science that don't – what is it? What is it? Facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah, yeah. Greenhouse ca- gases don't care about your feelings. Um, <laughs> so I kind of wanted to talk about just kind of where the where the origins of all the science comes from. and Because it is pretty complex. Talking about climate change, there's a lot to it. There's things we purposefully are not talking about because it would require – you know, tangenting at a whole different level. So we're going to try and talk about the main things, the causes of what warms the, of what is global warming and then what that global warming does to our climate uh, systems, right? And so that's essentially what we're talking about. And I just wanted to start with greenhouse gases. Um, At the end of the day, (laughs) greenhouse gases are just some of the atmospheric gases that surround our planet, right? So... Most of them are found in the troposphere, which is that first layer of the atmosphere above Earth. 
Um, and I think they're like, I was either 1% or like 0.01%. It was like 0.1% or 0.1% of all of the gases in our atmosphere are greenhouse gases. So it's a small fraction of the gases in our atmosphere, um, but they play a really, really, really important role. Do you guys know what those gases are? Well, real quick before we do the what the gases are, this may be a dumb question and it should be pretty straightforward, but they call them greenhouse gases because of like actual greenhouses, right? Like the effect that greenhouses have. Yeah, like retaining heat. Yeah, yeah. Like it's okay. yeah, they, they they serve the same the same purpose in that they keep heat energy like within, right? Got so it. they can hold I didn't know if there was like a Dr. Jeffrey greenhouse from eighteen thirty six that discovered them and that's how they got named if, if it is that's a real coincidence <laughs> i really like that name too even if it's made up jeffrey greenhouse nice to meet you <laughs> MD. <I'm> doctor <laughs> MD. jeffrey greenhouse so you guys know what the different greenhouse gases are big one carbon dioxide bam that's the mother load right there nailed it nailed it uh biggie's biggest one methane yes biggie probably excreted a lot of methane um, the one vin diesel likes the most is nitrous oxide Pretty much Fast and Furious is the reason why climate change is, is happening. It started in 1999. <laughs> Those movies accelerated climate change because of nitrous oxide. Nice pun. It went from... I can't do it. <laughs> Greenhouse gases went from going... Uh, like Zero. Not a microphone. Right I was there. trying to go with an inch or a mild joke. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, that's terrible. My friend, my and the last friend. one's water vapor, Mike. Yes. And uh, carbon is the is the is the big daddy. That's the one we're all worried about. That's the one that would you say it's the bad daddy? Uh, yeah, I think big and bad. You know. Anyway, so <laughs> the face he made this was very uncomfortable. So we get the facial expressions. But anyway, um, the, the the main one we're, we focus on, and obviously most people that are trying to uh, attack this problem is carbon. But the other ones are really important, and they're actually like, don't sleep on methane uh, because it's like, because <laughs> uh, it's eight times as powerful in terms of a greenhouse gas than carbon is, right? So, so just to kind of get into the just the chemical makeup of these things, they're just they happen to be the gases in our atmosphere that can retain heat. I mean, maybe that's the most simplistic way I can say it. Uh, it's like one big thermos. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. I think greenhouse is better, but you know, thermos works. It does retain heat. Uh, and one, so, of, one of them is going to sponsor us at some point. Either Thermos. Yeti, maybe. Yeti, Yeti. yes. Yeah. I mean, let's shoot for the moon. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah we might have to if I want to get climate change under That's control. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, because the next step yeah. for us is if we don't solve climate change, is shoot for the moon. Going to Mars. Yeah. <laughs> I love you to the moon and back. That's nice. I like that. What movie is that? I hate that line. But it maybe, no, it's like one of those things that it's you It's like say. a Hallmark But card. isn't there a movie No, it's movie a TV where, show... They like talk about like getting the moon for the for the girl. I'm gonna look that up. No, that's um, you that's uh, it's a wonderful life. I'm gonna throw the rope up. I'm gonna grab the moon. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart, I believe, is a comedian right. that does. It's uh, Jimmy roast. something. It's Jimmy something. Look at it. Isn't up. it the guy Mr. Smith went to Washington? Is that same guy, right? I think so. Yes, I think it is. Yeah. If it's Stewart, you, I want an apology. I want a written apology. It's not Stewart. <laughs> James Stewart. You were close. J- James, Jimmy, <laughs> shut up. It's Jimmy Stewart. I, not only do I want a verbal apology on this podcast, I want a written apology signed to Jay Ray. And he wants it notarized. Yes. For the public record. I just want to make sure that I'm correct also. So greenhouse gases act as a thermos, like a big hug for the world. It's a big blanket. That's the one that Ooh, all the a good blanket, everything I yeah. was listening and reading about. That's with all the climatologists were calling it's like a blanket so the more you have the 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 more blanket is put over the earth to keep it warm um so pretty much like throughout earth's history there was different uh ratios and different amounts of greenhouse gases right and so this is where greenhouse gases don't care about your feelings right so simple physics and chemistry is the more greenhouse gases you have the hotter the earth is the less you have, the colder it is, right? And so throughout Earth's history, we've had massive variability from ice ages to, uh, I was even reading that there was like tropical climate regions like where uh, Antarctica is right now, you know, in the Arctic. So uh, like it's gotten to those levels and that has a lot to do with the greenhouse gases. Greenhouse gases are not good or bad. It's just that we are lucky enough uh, randomly to live in this part of the universe where our planet 
has greenhouse gases that that allows us to to retain solar energy, which allows us to retain life. Um, uh, and so that's pretty much the role um, that greenhouse gases play, right? So like that's kind of like not really no part of that science like i mean that's that's before climate change became a political thing that was accepted science mm -hmm. like here's these gases they retain heat um and here's what that retained heat does to the you know this if there's too much it does this if it's too little it does that i mean it's so, kind of so like in theory dinosaurs are here walking around right at that time it was hotter because of yeah i don't i don't know about the specific periods i don't i didn't go that far in depth but well, i was just gonna make a really clear-cut example more more greenhouse gases then compared to ice age yeah usually yeah, there's other things that play into ice ages too like volcanoes or or meteors sometimes could uh like massive volcanic blow, you know of going up even though that releases a lot of carbon carbon 13 into the atmosphere it still blocks the sun so in a lot of ways it stops any solar radiation from coming in so that could be or like a giant mediator mediator a meteor comes in microphone murder uh <laughs> A giant meteor comes and 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 you know puts a ton of you know uh, destroys the brachiosaurus. It does do that, but it also puts a bunch of uh, you know rock particles and all that stuff in the atmosphere and blocks you know all that all that solar radiation, solar energy from coming. So that could play. I don't. I didn't dive too much into that stuff to be honest with you. So we might need Jamie from Joe Rogan to come help us out. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, so where are we at? So the greenhouse gases don't care about your feelings. At the end of the day. Right now, we're in a position where we have a lot of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere, and they're, they're rising at an exponential level because of man-made activities. And the main thing that we're doing uh, is we're burning fossil fuels, right? So there's other things that play a role. So like we're, the things that suck in uh, carbon, like you know forests and, and plant life, we're, we're kind of just murking that at a level we probably shouldn't. So that stops kind of like, you know, if you let up, you know, this amount of carbon, but you have enough things to suck that amount of carbon in, like you're good, you're carbon neutral. Um, but if you're burning fossil fuels at a crazy level, and then you're cutting down trees, um, you, you can see how that's exacerbating the problem. But most of it is really just the, most of the carbon has to do with, or the rise in carbon in the atmosphere has to do with us, has to do with us burning fossil fuels, just to simplify. But there's other things that play a role, but that's the main thing. Well, that's when we have the biggest control over yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. right. So there may be other things contributing it, whether they're direct contributors, indirect contributors, but the ones that we have the most control over, the ones that we're choosing to emit. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's like you—it's the biggest culprit. So if you're going to solve a problem, yeah. you probably want to solve it, you know, by going after the, you know, the the thing that's that's causing you know most of the problem. And so that would be carbon emissions by humans. And so that kind of leaves us to. All right, so we have more greenhouse gases, right? Greenhouse gases don't care about your feelings. We're, there's more in the atmosphere. We're putting most of them in the atmosphere. And what does that result in? So if we go back, more greenhouse gases equals more solar energy. More solar energy means uh, a warmer Earth. A warmer Earth, which is like global warming, then leads to climate change, right? So, uh, and there's an important distinction here. So when they say climate change within the climate, there's tons of variability. So it's important to understand that. Like there's natural variability. When you read the IPCC stuff or you read in, uh, the NASA.gov or you read EP, like they all talk about there's normal climate variability. The difference between the normal climate variability and climate change is, is that climate change is, is just, it's statistically significant. Like it means that it's, there's enough of a change to say that this is out of the normal range, right? So this, this is not our normal variation or variability, or this is, this is accelerating at a level that is alarming and potentially harmful. Um, and we'll kind of get into that, but I just kind of wanted to just slightly touch on the variability versus the climate change, the climate variability versus the climate change, because I think it's important. So we have, Greenhouse gases, more solar energy, that leading to a statistically significant change in climate, whether that's global climate, hemispheric climate, or regional climate. When obviously. did we start seeing this statistical significance? Like, when, like, is there a time frame that we have, as humans, compiled the data to see that we started to see that shift? Like, is there like a certain well, date? Well, there was a... 
So they do talk about like the, the parts per million carbon within the atmosphere. So there's like the pre-industrial age, which I think is like 1870s, 1880s-ish, right? And then post-industrial uh, age, right? And so there's like 40% more carbon in the atmosphere, I believe. It's roughly around 40% pre and post. Um, and so that's definitely something that they've, they've talked about. But in terms of like even an exponential rise, I want to say it was like the mid to late 20th century to now it's been we, yeah it's been it's been pretty wild I, I so i think that's like if i don't know if that's your question but i yeah, think that's what they're talking I, about. I just wanted to make sure that we understood that like um when we started seeing like actual data that we had like factual evidence behind you know like because i know, I know sometimes it's hard for us to look at like um the 1880s and try to figure out yes. how, how we came to that conclusion so, so in the last 10 years um, have the scientists been going to all the different weather stations around the world, compiling all this? That's actually a really good yeah. question, and we will get we. I don't want to we we will get into Go that, but far, essentially, yeah. there's different carbon is an element, right? And there's different weights to carbon, and they're so there's they're 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 different isotopes, right? So there's carbon twelve, thirteen, and fourteen, and they they pretty much have their own fingerprint. So they know, like you know, fossil fuels has their own fingerprint, like. Plant life has its own finger, finger when you burn plant life or, or volcanic activity. When it melts rock, it releases uh, carbon into the like air. What's happening they in all Iceland have different right isotopes, now. and it's called an isotopic fingerprint, right? So it, they they can literally measure within the air, and they could say like thirteen and fourteen are staying. And I, I we'll go back into this, but thirteen carbon thirteen and fourteen are staying consistent, but carbon twelve is rising. So. Again, carbon-12 is associated with fossil fuels. And we'll get more into the details on that, but that's essentially what they do. Um, and there's other stuff that they do, but that was that's the main thing. They're like, we know it's this because literally this chemical process we can measure in the air. So if, if climate change is effectively uh, a measurable change in the climate, what, does, like, what's the, what's, what makes that different than our day-to-day weather, our week-to-week weather? Yeah, that's actually another good question that a lot of times you'll see like – you know, even certain uh, political leaders that will be like, "Well, it's really cold today. Where's global warming?" And Here's a snowball. Change? There's a snowball. It's you know? fucking it's January. Like, yeah, and so I think that it's March. Chase. <laughs> first off, like it, it, the, it, the just global warming doesn't just be like all of a sudden tomorrow everything's summer. Do you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, it's like that does not what it means. It just means like if we're understanding climate versus weather, climate is weather over thirty. 30 years usually or 30 plus. So it's averaging it. Right. And so that's what climate is. And so verse weather, like don't, don't confuse that, those two things because, um, you'll, you'll, it'll lead to more confusion when you're trying to understand climate change. So like when you're thinking about climate variability and climate, uh, change, right. Those two different, diff- those two things we talked about earlier, they're saying, these averages are, are changing in a way that's that's significant, essentially, is what they're saying. This isn't your normal variability within regional, hemispheric, and global climate. Um, it's not the one isolated rainstorm in the Sahara, as you have in our show notes. It's like a collection of Yeah. If you ask, yeah, if, if uh, Lawrence of Arabia was crossing the Jordanian desert and it rained, and then you asked him after it rained, like, is this still an arid climate? He'd be like, yes, it's still a dry climate. Because over 30 years, or however long he was there, and he wasn't it like a thousand nights or something? He walked, he did, he went along, he walked. There's like, he said, some part I was reading up on it. Was like, so to surmise, you guys can, you're saying that I could believe climate scientists saying that climate change is happening, but I could also still believe um, Al Roker telling me a heat wave is going to happen yes. in the next yes. week. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and, climate, and, and honestly, weather's not predictable outside Especially of like skinny two, three, Roker, right? Skinny Al uh, well, I don't know. I I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. I like both Al Rokers. Well, I think he's just got more energy. Skinny, uh, skinny Al Roker. Al Roker Al, big Al Roker made a, made a cameo in a Seinfeld episode where he stole someone's euro. That's stole Kramer's like, euro. It's great. That's the reason Back to the euro from euro. last week. I'm still thinking about him, just so you guys know. How do we do? Is it, do we ever figure out if it was Taziki or Saziki? No, uh, that was not something we came. We'll come back to that. Do, in the, can you do a podcast on how to pronounce that? Honestly, J Ray's only contribution to this thing is every week. Sandwiches? No, is finding some way to reference a Seinfeld episode. I'll, I'll continue I, I, to I, honestly, do it. I don't That's, hate that. Can I reference a Seinfeld episode for every subject we do? I'm going to try it. Challenge accepted, Chase. That's you definitely can. Yeah, easy. It's Seinfeld done. <laughs> you brought up Al Roker. Al Roker's in Seinfeld. Like it's, it's going to be so many things anyway. And I didn't do that 
to add the Seinfeld thing, by the way. Do you think Al Roker uses tzatziki, tzatziki sauce? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it gives him heartburn? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's probably why. It, yeah. Because it, it gives you heartburn, right? I don't think tzatziki does. I think it's the, I think it's the pita bread. Still. Because isn't tzatziki sauce just like sort of... I call it cucumber sauce. I thought there was like cucumbers in it. Yeah. All right. I don't know what the base is. It's good though. Anyways. Yeah, I'm no Gordon Ramsay over here, so I have no idea. <laughs> we press forward. <laughs> so then, the, so now that we've, uh, yeah, just the kind of greenhouse gases to making the earth warmer to that warmth leading to statistically uh, significant change outside of the normal variability of climate, right? And then last thing is climate is averaging weather over 30 plus years right so uh just because it rains in the desert doesn't mean that the desert doesn't on average ridiculously dry um so the next thing is like okay well now that we've established kind of the basic science of what they're saying and what they're saying is contributing and how this is all happening now i want to talk about like sometimes a confusing thing to a lot of people is there's all of these different claims, right? Like literally everything causes climate change nowadays. You stub your toe and like, you know, someone on the news is like, this is obviously climate change. <laughs> that baseboard expanded oh because it was too warm in New York today. Yes. <laughs> and as someone that fully believes in climate change and fully believes in doing like serious action and innovation and, and, and government spending, I still, that annoys me. Like that annoys me that people I hate are like, stubbing my toe too. It's the <laughs> yeah, worst. like on climate it's change, did worst. it? Like literally, you know what I'm saying? It's the greenhouse gases, this carbon that made you stub your toe. So like that stuff bothers me, but I, I kind of wanted to parse out like what, like when people say like like things like wildfires, right? Like what, like what caused what causes the wildfires? And everyone's like climate change. But like you really right? It's such an incomplete answer, right? Yeah. Because like. We, as much as we experience the after effects of climate change or much as we are experiencing them currently, we also experience like the creation of climate change as well. And like it being warmer, the sun or the, the world keeping more heat is not directly connected to wildfires. Wildfires. Yeah. Like it's it, like that doesn't start. There's not like, you know, like there's no magnifying glass that, that like right, carbon is right. not a magnifying glass. It's not like actually starting. It's the not fire. a Jewish laser. <laughs> But I also want to say that, like, sometimes when we say things like, you know, like, this is obviously climate change, and then that takes away from when people are like, no, climate change does play a role in wildfires, or climate change does play a role in in the sea level rise and all of those uh, components that kind of come from that. And so it kind of takes away when they, they say everything is climate change, because then there's people that don't know about climate change, kind of roll their eyes, like, what isn't climate change? Right. So, so kind of parsing out, like, maybe... In terms of the wildfires, right? So you have a, an, an increased temperature, which leads to more evaporation, right? So you're, you're just, just a drier, so let's say like the Northwest, or even like into Canada, they're talking about in some areas, right, where you have a wildfire. Um, you have you have drier uh, grass, you have drier trees, right? Um, on top of that, with a warming, sometimes in certain seasons, uh, you have a cold, winters aren't as cold, right? And well, like really, really like deep freezes play an extremely important role in killing insects. And so there is like species of insects that literally their whole job is just burrow into trees and eat the shit out of them, right? So if you have a few, big pulp guys. <laughs> if you have a few seasons of 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 like no serious deep freezes, right, in in, in certain like regional climates, and in the you know higher higher temperatures you have more trees dying because you literally have like three generations of these beetles you know what i'm saying that is eating through all these trees of these termites and so you have triple the population of these insects going to town and it's significant so you have (laughs) so they're they're eating these trees it's already drier and then some idiot wants to use you know pyrotechnics to to do their gender reveal and boom Wish I had that kind of money. <laughs> I, we did we did scratch offs. Mullen, you weren't there. You missed it. Mike was there though. I was there. You missed it, dude. I was there. Still the Godfather. You still are number. <laughs> Dang it. Well, and so like climate change created an environment for wildfires to happen more because of frequently gender. Yeah, or so more like severely. if you understand like because the science behind, yeah, yes. like 
you see, so you can understand a little bit of the science behind like, but that's the complexity too. Like I did not, that's not intuitive. It's the, like, it's, I didn't, it's how dynamic it is, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. one variable affects the other, you know, in, in a reciprocal fashion. And, and it's such a chain reaction. And in a lot of, in a lot of times it happens over a period of years, right? So when wildfires happen, because wildfires have always happened. Yep. But when they're happening and they're more frequent and or they're much harder to contain, that's what makes it different and that's what makes it dangerous and that's why we have to do something about it. Yeah, it's 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 just one of those things that like has – and we don't have to go too much into this, but like how, how the climate systems all interplay with each other and how all of those things have these weird residual effects that you would never think of. Like I – some people would. I, as the uninformed or one of the uninformed – it was not being like, wow, there's like nine generations of beetles just going through thousands yeah. of acres of trees and just murking them. And then there's just more evaporation and, and, and drier wood. And then there's pyrotechnic gender reveals. Or someone has a <laughs> fire. You know, someone lives out in the Northwest and they have the So fire. is it more of climate change's fault or like social media? Because the only reason why people are doing these big bad gender reveals is so people can watch it on social media. It might just be Facebook's fault. It's pretty, yeah. Who's, uh, what's his name? Fucking Zuckerberg. That's what I was saying. Zuckerberg, and they don't do it on Twitter, so we can't blame him. No. Do they do gender reveal oh, on that's, Instagram? Uh, what is yeah, they do gender Twitter reveal. CEO? Jack? Jack, Jack Dorsey? Dorsey. Jack yeah. Dorsey. It's yeah. not his fault. But well, we can blame Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg for sure. and climate change yeah. are the yeah. reasons why, uh, why. But like I said, why, it's contributing. Like you said, wildfires have always existed. So it's not like the cause of wildfires, like forever right it's just making them worse right right well what's what's another example of like uh like we have more greenhouse gases retaining more heat and like there's long-term consequences that we don't fully understand like what's another example so another example i think that i think this is the one we're going to drill down and to kind of talk about more of the specifics of how like kind of just talk about how all these things play like a serious like role in our lives like we can personalize this to a certain level and one of the main ones that's often talked about but not really explained is the global sea rise right um there's two things that play into this well because the the talk track is climate change causes the sea levels to rise yes right and but that's all they say yeah and so when you understand that like okay the one thing i knew was that okay you have a bunch of ice on land that ice is not in the water, so it's not contributing to the, to, the, to the level of the water. But then that ice melts, <laughs> and it goes into the water, and it raises the... But I was like, there's that much ice to raise it, the entire ocean this much on average? Have you seen water water? <laughs> uh, but it's also another thing that I didn't think about, and I, obviously because I'm uninformed, but when, when what the ocean does is it, it, it sucks in, I think, what was, the, what was the number? I think it was up to 80%. So of all the of all the things that that like I think the ocean sucks in most of ninety percent of the trapped ninety percent of the trapped heat on, on on the Earth's surface it's yeah is is literally in in the ocean. So as water gets hotter, it expands. So it's a mixture of the the melting ice sheets in in Antarctica and and in Greenland, um, but it's also that the water is expanding. And and there's also a thing, and we'll just quickly dive into this. Uh, there's things called feedback loops. So the, this, within the climate, with a lot of things, but within the climate, there's these feedback loops that kind of like, like further perpetuate different things. So this has to go back to the climate, the complexity of climate. So when you have things like uh, Greenland, right, and the the ice sheets are melting on Greenland like crazy, um, the thing that that ice does and and it it reflects the solar energy back, right. So land sucks in the energy the ocean sucks in the energy the ice sheets reflect it back right so it actually serves a really important purpose as those ice sheets melt you reveal more land right so there that's going to take in more heat and increase the heat on earth it's going to have less ice to reflect back the solar energy right so it's going to so i said always perpetuates more heat and then on top of that when the ice melts guess what a greenhouse gas is vapor so now you're adding another greenhouse gas to the mix that has the chemical makeup to retain heat, like carbon, like nitrous oxide, like methane. And you're not even – that's just the the ice. Like you're not even referring to the water that's, that's already – That's the cryosphere. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you're not even referring to the water that's already in the ocean that's expanding. 
either, right? So that, no, that's just so that, yeah, one there's, part there's of two it. things that are playing into the oceans rising, but I kind of wanted to talk about how just like there's so many things within the climate, you know, studies that like have feedback loops like that, right? Where it's like this thing leads to this thing, these things, and it compounds and compounds and it compounds. And that's just one of them, right? And so that was one of the things that I thought was interesting, like just understanding how feedback loops, but it also, it also kind of gives you an idea of how complex this issue is, right? Where I, I, that wasn't something that I just like knew. It's like, oh, obviously a feedback loop, like you're adding more vapor. Well, in and we did, we did the whole, whole spiel about water vapor being a, a greenhouse gas. But even as you were talking about the feedback loop and we were reading through the, the outlines that you so graciously did, uh, uh, did I say graciously? I meant neurotically did. Uh, I didn't even put two and two together that melting water, melting ice creates water vapor. Yeah. That's uh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, so it, it's, you have, yeah, so it, like I said, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but that's kind of what the feedback loops, and there's so many of those. So I, I know I said that, but like, it's just crazy as you read into this stuff and you just realize the complexity and then you're like, now I'm a, you know, now I'm a, uh, you know, a politician and I, and I care about this, or now I'm a, I'm a thought leader and I care about this and I have to now explain this to people. Like they have a tough job. So, so, so what they usually right. rely on is like, we're dying tomorrow. We get, yeah, we need to spend a lot of money. It's like, it, well, it, uh, okay, it, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, it yeah. makes sense that they stick on the, the more, uh, exciting forms because some of this isn't really all that thrilling to talk about on a day to day basis, <laughs> no. but like another feedback loop, if I, if I could would be, Forest fire, wildfires, right? They uh, they burn <laughs> because they're drier. Beetles or some shit, right? Yeah, like this. And then yep. when they burn, they're releasing more carbon. Yeah, it's a different type of carbon, but it's yeah. more carbon all the same. No, right? you're right. That's it, another it's feedback re, it's loop, re, right? Yep, it's re, it's absolutely, and that's exactly that's another example of these feedback loops that exist within the climate. I learned something this episode. <laughs> so did I. All the stuff I didn't know two days ago, three days ago. Um, <laughs> so. The next thing, so the, when I was when we we're trying to think about consequences, right? So like, how does this? Why should people care about this, right? Okay, cool. It's I live in Illinois. If it gets a little warmer, I'm cool. With Hell that, right? yeah, let's you do know it. And like, sorry, coastal regions. I live in Illinois. I'll be good. It's gonna be a long time before yeah. the water reaches here. Sorry, bud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so why you know why why should I care? Well, I, my family lives like right on the ocean, so I actually do care. So I don't want them to to die. But anyway. So when we talk about rising sea levels, like there's just a few things I wanted to talk about why it's important for like humans to care about. Um, global mean sea level has risen about eight to nine inches uh, since 1880, right? And so on top of that, the global mean level in the ocean rose by 0.14 inches per year from 2006, 2015. Now, you don't, might not care about any other things I say, but this is actually really important which was 2.5 times the average rate pretty much throughout the rest of the 20th century. So we're talking about now we're starting to see as we're emitting more and more carbon dioxide into the, into the air, we're seeing an exponential increase of, of sea level rise. So like that's keep in mind the rate, right? So like if, again, if this was happening, you know, at a significantly slower pace. I don't think anyone would really care. The rate is really the, the problem, and the rate's directly related back to all the shit that we're putting in, in the atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? All of these things, greenhouse gases don't care about your feelings. They're there. They're going to retain heat. They're going to keep the earth warmer. As the earth gets warmer, the ocean's going to get warmer. The ocean's going to expand, um, and, and, and it is currently expanding at an exponential rate. So, just something to keep in mind, you know, as we're kind of put, trying to put all these pieces together. Um, the other thing is, uh, if you only care about the United States and maybe not the rest of the world, 40% of the U.S. population is in coastal areas. Uh, if you do care about the rest of the world, 8 to 10 of the most populated cities in the world are located in coastal regions. Um, more than 600 million people live in low-lying coastal areas. Like, that's 10, I think, 10% of the world, is that what it was? Uh, no, not 10%, no, but a little yeah, less. a little less. I forget exactly like what the percentage 7 billion was. people now. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, so it's, it's, no, it is 10%, around 10% of the, of the world's population. So maybe it's a little less since this Just since 2018 article, yeah. article whatever, <clears throat> but it's roughly around 600 million people that live in low lying coastal areas and, uh, nearly 2.4 billion people live 60 miles from the coast. Now, you might not think that matters, but that does matter when we talk about the other stuff we're going to talk about in a little bit. 
uh, because it affects those people. Um, the other thing is, uh, by the end of 2100, we are looking at roughly around, uh, by the end of 20, by 2100, we are roughly looking about a 12 inch rise in sea level. Like, why does this matter? Why do we care? Uh, the first thing is when we have hurricanes, uh, or typhoons or whatever, the storm surges are the most deadly parts, right? Storm surges are when there is a temporary rise in sea level and it just crashes into everything. So just to throw out, like my parents, uh, live in, uh, pretty much live on a barrier reef in, uh, in Monmouth County, New Jersey. Right. And so when Sandy hit, their storm surges were so bad, it, they, I'm not even kidding. Like, I think my mom was saying like 70 to 80% of the town was just bulldoze. Um, and so <clears throat> as these, <clears throat> as these sea levels rise, these storm surges become significantly worse. Um, and we're not just talking about like lives cause it does kill a lot of people, especially in poorer countries where they don't have, you know, the means to leave. It means to leave cause they did evacuate a lot or of people or the buildings are shit or just like, you know, like. You know, the Army National Guard to come in with all yeah. of their, you know, stuff to help get people out and all that stuff. So it, for poorer countries, this is a really, really, like, scary thing. Well, like, we saw an example of that with, like, um, the island nations that got hit, like Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, different things like that where, I mean, they're – when was that? Three years ago now? Two years sure. ago? Something like that. But, I mean, I mean, they're still dealing with those effects. Even in America, like yeah. when Katrina hit, you know. Yeah, how absolutely. long did it take New Orleans to rebuild? A long time. And that's, that's like, so and that's a very specific time frame that I just gave you. Yeah. And, and to add into this, so here's another thing that feeds into this where there's more than one thing. Like it's not just the ocean level rise, it's the ocean level rise. Surface with, temperature as well. Does that affect it? Well, yeah, it does. But one of the things is that when there's more, or there's more hot energy within the ocean, it also contributes to the intensity of the uh, hurricanes. Uh, right? And typhoons. Yeah. Yeah. And the typhoons. So now... You have so they're all connected. See, this is the complexity of the climate systems and how they all work together, which blows my mind. Is that now you have a warmer ocean and it's feeding hurricanes to be not only uh, develop faster but develop significantly more uh, higher intensities. And like I, I forget the number, so I'm not going to say it. But it's there is a significant uh, rise in deaths and 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 asset destruction between like a two to three level hurricane and a four to five level hurricane like significant significant rise and so like it's not it's one of those things where you have these 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 faster approaching more intense hurricanes coming in with a higher sea level creating not just because the sea level is higher the hurricanes the storm the hurricane stronger the storm surges are significantly worse which is going to create a ton more damage we're talking 600 million people uh, around the world, we're talking forty percent of the U.S. population that lives in coastal regions. So it's it's uh, that alone is something to make you think. Because I think in the U.S. alone, since nineteen eighty, we've had like over a trillion dollars worth of damages. I mean, just talking about, like assets, you know, stuff like that. Like uh, not even human cost. You know, many people died, but um, just the assets alone uh, is ridiculous. The cost that it is to the to. So these are just things to think about, like why it matters and if you have anyone that lives on the coast you might want to uh tell them to move um <laughs> the other thing is uh having clean water to drink is really important and you can't drink salt water because you'll die and so one of the things that happens is when when these storms as they get worse and as the sea level moves up you have intrusion into aquifers and uh intrusion into uh the, the ground table water, right? So like, so this is where it starts becoming important for the people more inland is that if they're tapping into any of that water and those storm surges with salt water hit, you're in trouble. Like that's, that's not, that's, that's, that's bad for that population. Like you don't want that to be contaminated with salt water. Well, and, and so you're saying like, if this was happening and you had mentioned at a rate that was manageable, we could adjust in kind, like we could adjust a bit differently a bit more, I mean, because the way you're talking about it, like, I can see why there's so many people that have such strong feelings about pull the plug, let's let's yep. kill the fossil fuel industry and start something new, right? Like, but so, it, and I think we're going to get in this in the next section, and maybe we should just segue to that, if, if that works for you. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, 
what, what the reason so i think there is a sense of urgency and i think we all agree there's a sense of urgency to do something different right or that that governments and we'll use the u.s as an example need to innovate adapt uh what's the word i'm looking for invest yep. into new greener solutions right that aren't just about eliminating carbon emissions but also about adapting to the reality that as we innovate we still have to get these people off the coast right we still have to figure out how to adjust to those things right. the migration stuff's gonna be yeah insane you think syria was bad like you know we're talking 600 million yeah, yeah. i 600 swear million I, humans like, i you swear know? i read th- read this in the no- show notes and i thought you were talking about birds migrating and i was like what the fuck is a syrian bird and what what <laughs> and what <laughs> what why do we care about it So anyway, but so in the next section, we're going to talk about why we can't, even though it may seem like we should just do it, we're going to talk a little bit about the scale of our carbon emissions uh, and, and how intertwined they are to our everyday lives, whether we know also like maybe diving into like how we're the cause, like officially like, because that's going to lead into it. Right. So like we did talk about how there happens to be more greenhouse gases. We did assert that, you know that leads to these said problems, right? But we haven't gotten to the, into the, a little bit of the depth because we're not going into depth, real depth in anything, but we're gonna go in a little bit of the depth of that it is us, right? We talked about the isotopes a little bit, but some of the things you hear about is like the volcanoes, right? Like, well, volcanoes are there and like, you know, it's, they're, they're probably likely uh, yeah. a contributor to, you know, to climate change. And just to kind of give you guys an idea, and obviously there's a little bit of, difference in you know some of some of the um so it's scale in two ways right it's scale not just on how much we rely on the industry but it's also scale that we are causing the yeah it's like think about it like well yeah like like for instance i specifically wanted to compare volcanic activity because that's the one that sometimes climate deniers will be like well volcanoes add to the carbon emissions too like but yeah the scale of how much we're doing versus natural carbon emissions right like it's it's completely out of the norm uh so just to give you like an idea is that volcanoes on an annual level emit about 200 million tons uh annually uh of carbon 13 the carbon i13 isotope into the um the atmosphere but (laughs) man-made emissions and fossil fuel usage emits roughly about 24 billion tons annually so it's like we're talking about like 50 to 60 or 65 times the amount from humans versus like uh versus probably the biggest natural emitter that's out there right and so the idea that this isn't us is just silly and and just to kind of go back into this like again the volcanic carbon isotope is different than the fossil fuel carbon isotope so they can they can do this by measuring uh literally the the concentration of what kind of carbon isotope is in the atmosphere as it is. So they go, okay, we're measuring. This is how we know this percentage of what's in. You know, Obviously, they have a more sophisticated model than that, but in a very simplified way, that's how they do it. They essentially look at the carbon isotopes, the makeup of the carbon isotopes, and the, the variability, like which one's going up versus which one's pretty much staying the same. Um, and they're noticing that the carbon-12, which is the one that fossil fuels alone uh, adds to the atmosphere. Um, and, and that's the one that's exponentially growing. So we like, it's not, this isn't like one of those things where I'm like, uh, uh, like this is like not, this is pretty solid science. This is kind of hard science. That's well, like, like well-respected. This isn't, I, I get when people challenge some of the modeling, uh, and the epidemiology that's saying, you know, what it's going to look like in yeah. 50 to a hundred years. I get that people, Sometimes like, well, that's not necessarily hard science. I don't know if we should do some crazy things. I get that. This is more of the hard science, right? What was the, what was the amount of like referenced, uh, if you recall, the amount of referenced uh, studies in the IPCC's big old book of stuff? Wasn't it like 6,500? It's, in, it's in, it is insane. Citations I, like of just like consistently saying that climate change is both happening presently yeah. and that the vast the reasons why it's happening in this way is man-made causes like not like it's one of the most in science there's not always like absolute consensus right 
it's probably the closest thing we have to absolute consensus within the scientific community. Now, you can believe that it's a conspiratorial thing to raise taxes or something. I don't, I don't really know like, why the say. cabal would do it, you know what I'm saying? But like, it's one of those things at the end of the day where it's like, uh, that doesn't make much sense. Like, it's, there's hard science to say, or at least to, to point out that we're, we're making it warmer and this warmth is leading to these said bad effects and we think this is going to get significantly worse. It is, has been getting significantly worse and we think that's going to continue outside of the natural variability. So, so do we want to talk about... Because, uh, you know, as I sit here listening in, in kind of go as we went over this material and you brought up the thing in feedback loops earlier today, uh, early in this episode, like, you know, the hardest thing for us to not do is to create a feedback loop that we can't manage afterwards. Every change that we make is going to create its own feedback loop in some way, shape or form. And whether that affects the climate directly or it affects uh, poor people or rich people or middle class or whether it affects, uh, I don't know, X, Y, and Z, whatever those things may be. Like we need to be planful about those things. And, And so when we make changes, like what, you have a list of these, um, the sectors, the economic sectors that produce and emit the most carbon. Um, so yeah, there was two things I was thinking about, right? So I was thinking about understanding how intertwined this is in our life. Number one, right? Like how, how fossil fuels, um, are so intertwined in our life and fossil fuels are like an amazing thing that humanity has been able to harness and use to, 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 extract resources and then distribute that resource, those resources so that, you know, billions of people can eat every day, you know what I'm saying? And do all these other things and travel and transport and, and move food around supply chains and all these other things. And so my first thought was like, all right, let's talk about like what this means from an economics, like scale standpoint. Right. So like, and I'm just going to throw out these numbers just to kind of give you an idea of like, uh, how much this plays a role. Right. So like, the fossil fuel industry plays a role in so electricity and heat production 25% uh, of carbon emissions come from that right so that's that's pretty much mostly done by burning of fossil fuels and that sector of our economy uh, moves essentially uh, puts 25% of the carbon emissions every you know uh, annually into the into the atmosphere then there's agriculture, forestry, and land use, which is 24%, heavy industry, which is 21%, transportation, which is 14%, buildings, which is 6 and other energy, which is 10 right? So we have a serious – This is, it's intertwined into all of those things, what we eat, uh, how we heat our homes, um, how we charge our Teslas. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, heavy industry. For, for the record, neither of us have Teslas. We don't. We're not cool enough, rich enough. Um, Mullen might be. He might. Yeah, that's right. I drive a Chevrolet. <laughs> General Motors. Yes, and like heavy industry being another one that that is a massive carbon emitter, and it's one of the big problems of solving climate change. Where you, it's, it's concrete, it's steel, it's petrochemicals. Like the high, there's not many things outside of maybe nuclear, right? That can get that can that can burn hot enough to to do the things that the heavy industry needs it to do to create those things that literally are like the foundations of our entire every city every every civilization that we have on earth it's it's cement and steel right and so uh and then everything else is petrochemicals or associated with petrochemicals so there's some real just in terms of understanding the problem uh from an economic sector like all of these sectors emit carbon at a significant rate and we're going to have to thoughtfully find ways to decrease these sectors' reliance on carbon, and and that's it's pretty significant. Um, the next thing is is that it's not an American, it's not a U.S. problem only. Um, the U.S. actually, um, I think I have the stat there. I don't know if you're looking. Yeah. It, so so what's interesting is so we're we are second uh, according to this list yeah. uh, at fifteen percent of the global greenhouse. Greenhouse gas emissions uh, for the world. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting to me is there are two countries, sort of in the top four or five, um, that I'm not surprised they're up there. Um, but what's interesting about it is so it's China at thirty percent, which isn't really that crazy because they have so many stinking people, yeah. right? And then India at seven percent. 
what I find interesting about that is like when we think of China, we kind of think of them as like our number one like uh, rival. competitor rival. That's a good word. That's what I'm looking for. But the uh, there's not a lot of incentives in China, and I know they're they're saying that they're kind of bought into this, but China's where they're at right now because they just uh, bulldoze their way to to progress through coal, steel, all those industries. Like, so they're just building shit and building shit and building shit and building shit. And they're starting to even jump on the bandwagon a bit, right? Not as much as they should, but they're starting to even become scared because it's, you know, they're climate scientists. So like, this is something we, yeah. And I have to imagine, I don't really dabble in daily weather reports for China. Um, and I don't really know. The, really? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not really. Al Roker doesn't give us that. <laughs> no, but I have to imagine that they're experiencing some of the the more weather, the drastic weather changes, um, that that we're experiencing that we would experience here in the states. And so, um, well, just to, just to throw on this list, like the U.S. is is a fifteen percent, so we're number two. China's thirty, right? China. China. Um, the EU's 9%, India's 7 Russia's 5 Russia's 5 so small. And it's like, yeah, yeah, anyway. So uh, Japan's 4 uh, and the rest of the world is 30 So it's broken up, obviously. And Japan has, still has a good amount of nuclear, right? That's probably why they're so low. Yeah, yeah, yep. I mean, they're, they're pretty Not, high for, for, for their, their population, I right, think. But, right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they do have a lot of nuclear, but they're also, you know, pretty heavily populated area, probably just... Yep. Yeah. Anyway, but the, the the way to think about this, I think, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up is that the EU and the US, even though we emit a shit ton, right, we're on our way down. Um, I think I had a stat in there. I don't know if you guys can see it, but I think we're we're since night since two thousand five, we're down like sixteen percent from two thousand eighteen to two thousand nineteen. We're down one point eight percent in our in our emissions. We are still a massive emitter, so it's not something that's like. Right. Oh, you know, like talking point when you hear on like, you know, certain people like we're, we're dropping all this stuff. Well, we're dropping all this stuff by relying on a different fossil fuel, which is right. get, which is so I'm not I'm not making the argument that we're doing a great job. But when you're understanding the scale of the issue, we are a big part of the issue. We are moving in the right direction. We need to move faster. But China, India, they're still increasing. Right. They're still going up. And one right? of the articles, one of the articles that we read was um, like where is the progress at based off of the climate action summit. And I believe the only reason, um, the only discernible reason that they gave for China being lower than what they should be is because of COVID. So like everyone moved, everyone moved in the right direction in 2020, but it was because of a global pandemic, a global (laughs) pandemic. Yeah. So like, that's the only reason we moved down. And, globally and, and so like you know i think in some of the perception I, I wonder if some of the perception i think we'll get perception that we're not doing enough uh as a country and as kind of like the leader of all the countries right is probably a perception of our politics on this issue which i know we'll, we'll talk a bit more in the other uh in the in episode two um but knowing that we're we're in the trend we're down has me feeling a bit better but it still feels somewhat directionless Right, like hundred percent, and I, I, think I think that's the the issue that we need to focus on. Is that we're trending down, but we're not really doing it in a strategic or planful way as a as a group of fifty states, right? Yeah. So I think I think central leadership will obviously help. I think we need to be careful how we do it. We need to be thoughtful. We're probably not going to do that because our all of our policies are just shotgun policies that. And with a bunch of fat in it, but I, I, I just think the as the the best job we can do, given our you know political system, is what I would like, which is not perfect, but moving the ball forward, um, and hopefully picking up the pace a bit. But I think one of the things we have to think about too is like from a geopolitical standpoint, is that we are not friends with China right now, um, and we need to find a way to compete with them in the areas like where they're stealing all of our shit. But also cooperate with them in this really, really important this one area, and we need to find a way to like walk that tightrope because they're the they're the ones emitting the most, right? And so, like another thing to consider is that like South America and Africa, Africa is gonna is the only section of the world that is gonna it's gonna have that is having and going to have a demographic explosion. It's actually gonna have a population increase 
Uh, it, it, so you're, you're, you know, if you're going to feed those people, the carbon emissions are going to go up. There's a direct correlation between, um, you know, per capita GDP and, and emissions going up. Right. So there's going to be a lot in Africa going on. And so we need to find ways. There's no way these countries like India and Africa who are emerging economies that are, you know, with lots of people, uh, lots of population, there's no way they're going to give up on coal, or, or fossil fuels at that for that matter because how cheap it is and how they, and the infrastructure exists they have to feed their people yeah. like you can't have a country with if, if everyone's starving like you could that's the thing is that like you got to think about it from like you know a social stability standpoint too like even China has to think about this like the CCP's worried about like we need to make sure we have resources even if they're shitty dirty resources so that we can feed our people so there's not a revolution again you know what I'm saying like those are real key concerns especially in countries that maybe aren't as solid as ours or Europe's you know what I'm saying either Europe European democracies and so those are all things to consider and then so we have to – I think if in the Western world, one of the things that we, we would want to think about is not just bring our own stuff down but bring our – but innovating in a way that we can export it. We can scale it out and we can export it so to these other countries. It. And if, if people make money on saving the world, I'm cool with it as long as we save the freaking world. I don't care how we do it. Like I'm not like uh, – you know what I'm saying? If, if we can incentivize people with a few bucks and being like, hey, we can have – a job growth thing. We can increase all these green jobs. We can find ways to increase nuclear, all this stuff, and then export this to these other nations at a cheap price so they can, so when they want to, um, you know, use, you know, extract resources and do all this stuff, they can actually switch out burning fossil fuels with these other innovative technologies at, but it's not going to raise their price exponentially. Right. So like, that's our, that's the issue in America right now. Like we, we have the technology to do it. It's going to cost everyone more. Good luck trying to get elected president saying, Hey, all of your energy bills are going to get tripled. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it, that, so that's the political tightrope we have to walk here, but it's a global problem. So I don't want to go too far down into that. No, road, but and, and we're approaching an hour anyway. So I, I, I wonder, and I think we, we've kind of gotten through the bulk of it. And I, and I wanted to make sure there were no just like general closing thoughts from, from any of us. So Jay Ray, do you have anything? Um, no, I mean, like Mike said, I think that that's one of the biggest concerns I guess we'll have going into part two is discussing um, scaling for it and uh, the responsibility of the Western world to helping those areas. Um, that's going to be something that's on my mind. Cause I mean, I brought up the climate action summit where everyone had their promises. I mean, right now in terms of Africa doing that, uh, really a lot of what they promised is stuff that they can handle, you know, and then they're, they are placing a bulk of the responsibility on the global leaders to, um, advance the rest of it. Like they were like, their promises in the climate action summit are like, uh, make sure we plant more trees, you know, like where like the U S is, just like, save the world you know like we need to save the world while you guys help the trees will help you know yeah. like i don't want to um be little minimize yeah. what what people are doing to help but it, it's you can definitely see that there's different levels to um what we need to have happen microphone murder microphone murder over here r.i.p biggie um so the, the thing i kind of wanted to express i don't know if i did a good job at it but if i with my closing comments i would just like to say that Fossil fuels are so ingrained into all of our lives, right? Forget about middle class, upper middle class, rich folks, right? Think about well, they've got folks. three of three of Jay Ray's favorite things: lipstick, ballpoint pens, and motor oil. Yeah, those petrochemicals are in everything. We didn't even go into that, but yeah, the petrochemicals are in everything we do. Your whole house, everything you replace in your house is has petrochemicals in it, which come from petroleum. Uh, and uh, yeah, so anyway, so it's so ingrained in our lives. That we have to think about, like, again, this is a thought experiment, thinking about, okay, if we just, if we, is it a big enough problem that we should shut off all fossil fuel companies tomorrow, right? I think most people would say no. Literally, we would starve and die, right? That's literally what would happen, right? So as a thought experiment, we can make the argument that there is, there is, we do not want to go too slow, but there is a cost of going too fast. And I just use that as an example, just to kind of put it in perspective. If we did it in a week or a month or a year, if we stopped all fossil fuel production, all factories shut down, and, and we tried to implement what we have now, poor people would die across the world, 100%. Um, so it's just something to think about that you can go too fast and that there's a cost to going too fast. 
And that's why the scale, that's why we want to talk about the scale, right? We talked about the science. We talked about how that, how that interplays with everything. And then we talked about the scale. And the scale matters because I don't want to deny it. It's, it's definitely a huge problem, and I want to move fast. I want to look at the 2018 IC, ICPP report, and, and, I, and I want to keep the levels as close to 1.5. But we also have to consider that like we can't just be so virtuous, you know what I'm saying, and, 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 but not think about the consequences on the front end and only think about them on the back. Like yeah. how do we make fossil fuels um, like a bridging fuel rather than – be reliant on it. Yeah. Like, yeah, again, right. we'll go on the solutions yeah. on the next episode, but I just think it's one of those things where how you think about it is important with how us as Americans move forward in our policy proposals and being thoughtful. I, I think for me, my, my closing thought, and then we'll, we'll kind of, we'll end, uh, is that this is not a political thing. It is a political thing because that's how the information is presented to us. But this is not, climate change is not, it is a scientific based in hard science, to use your words, Mike, that uh, are really undeniable at this point. We are the cause for more greenhouse gases being in the atmosphere, causing this place to heat up, right? And so the hope is you can take that information and make whatever determinations you want from it. But our hope was is that you got the a very generalized understanding of what climate change is versus weather and versus the first, second, third, fourth uh, order of consequences that come from the world being warmer. And so uh, in the next episode, as they they, they both mentioned, we'll kind of talk a bit more about solutions, a bit more about uh, scale, a bit more about, you know, what we can do and how politics can help us, but how it's also gotten in the way. So be looking on that episode too. Again, thank you everybody for, well, at least like the 40 people that have listened uh, for uh, your, your feedback. Um, it helps make this show better. Uh, hopefully it lets us enjoy it a bit more and uh, keep doing that. Uh, we'll put all of the articles that we used for this one in, uh, in the show notes and then we will see you what in a few weeks, a couple weeks. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. Thanks everybody. Bye.